Welcome to the Dew of Heaven service with Reverend Brighton Krumah. Reverend Brighton Krumah brings you powerful and practical teachings of the Word of God, which is able to save your soul. Reverend Bright currently pastors the Bronx North Branch of the Kodesh Family Church in New York City, a church full of love, joy, and enthusiasm for the Lord. We pray that this message brings hope and light to your life. Listen and be blessed. Arise and shine. with which we come to God. Number one, we said that sometimes when we come to God, the time we meet Christ, we have a lot of debts. We owe so much. And God ought to neutralize all the negatives in our lives. Number two, what did we say? We also come with different capacities to earn. Different capacities which sometimes are created by various circumstances in our lives, even before we met Christ. Number three, what did we say? Wow. We come to God with what, number one? Inheritance of laziness. We come to God with laziness. Number two? Non-performance. Non-performance. We don't like to work. We have a mindset of minimalist. Do minimum. Number three. Backwardness. Mentality of backwardness. Number four. Mentality of poverty. Pictures of poverty. We are painted with pictures of poverty and all of these things with which we come to Christ, he works on us. He's working on us. And we have read several scriptures, several things that God is showing us that his intention ultimately is to wipe all these things from our lives. And he has not finished with the work that he's doing. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Today I want to talk about another thing. And I want to talk about do not seek riches. Do not seek after riches. Do not seek after riches. Amen. When you walk with God, he does not want you to make it your life's aim or your life's goal of seeking after riches. Seeking after riches. Serious, serious, serious. That you don't spend your life seeking after riches. Amen. Amen. You need to have a deeper understanding of wealth or riches when you walk with God. You need to have a real deep understanding. Your attitude towards riches cannot be the same as that of the world. The way you look at wealth and riches cannot be the same as the world looks at riches and pursues after it. Amen. Amen. So if that's the case, if your case is like that of the world, then you cannot serve God. You cannot serve God if your mindset and 
your attitude towards wealth, towards riches, is the same as the world seeks after it. If that is the case, then you cannot serve God. Amen. The Bible says you cannot serve God and mammon. Let's read the scripture in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24. It says, no man, are you with me? It says, no man can serve two masters. No man can serve two masters. You see, God wants you to be rich. It's never God's intention that you be poor. But you have to understand, you have to understand, you have to see wealth and riches from God's eye. Do you understand? That is the only way you will appreciate it. Else you may even think that God doesn't want you to be rich. But it's never God's intention that you be poor. He says, no man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Then he says, you cannot serve God and mammon. That means you can serve God and money. That means there is a tendency for us to serve God and try to serve money. But he says, that is impossible. You cannot serve God and money. Amen. Verse 25 says, Therefore, therefore I say unto you, because of that, you see, this is the very reason why I am saying unto you. Amen. It means this is the reason why you will serve money. This is the reason why you'll be enslaved to money. So he says, therefore, I say unto you, take no thought, take no thought for your life what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink. I mean, how many of you do not take thought for your life what you shall eat or what you shall drink? You see? But this is what the scripture is. It says, this is what makes you be enslaved to money. So it says, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Verse 26. Behold, the fowls of the air. So God is giving you an example. God is always showing you what he has done before and what he can do to you also, or what he can do for you. So he said, Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into bands. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Does it mean that you too, your heavenly father can feed you? Yes. You see, he says, yet your heavenly father feeded them. And he says, are ye not much better than they? You are. You are much better than they, than the best of the air. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? You see, no one. No matter how much you think, no matter how creative you become, you can add one cubit to your stature. You can. 
He says, no man. And why take ye thought for raiment? Why do you worry about what you wear? You, li- you like beautiful things? You, li- you want to wear beautiful? He says, consider the lilies of the field. How they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Even Solomon could not dress like the lilies of the field. That means if you will leave your dressing to the Lord, you will dress better than Solomon. Amen. Are you with me? Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is today is, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more, much more, clothe you, O ye of little faith? So it is your little faith that is a problem. It's a little faith that is a problem. The best of the air, they just fly with faith, full faith that they will eat freely. And that, for that, the Lord feeds them. And the grass, the Lord clothes them. The lilies, the Lord clothes them. The Lord arrays them. You see? He says, therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we eat? That your bedding waking up is, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? What are we going to wear? Then he says, you see, so he's saying that you cannot look at wealth, you cannot look at your welfare the same way the world does it. Do you understand? So he says, for after these things, after these things, you see where we are coming from? He says, for after these things, do the Gentiles seek? Unbelievers, the world, this is what all their lives, they wake up from morning Tonight, this is what they are seeking for. They are looking for what they will eat, what they will wear, where they will sleep, the houses, this, the cars they will drive, this. this. He says, after all these things, do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. Your Father doesn't want you to be poor. Your heavenly father knows that you shouldn't be naked. Your heavenly father knows that you should also do your hair. Your heavenly father knows, he says the things that the Gentiles are seeking after, your heavenly father knows that you also like them. Do you understand? So you can pretend as a Christian that you don't like these things. Already your heavenly father knows that you like them. You can look at people and say, oh, unbelievers, look at them. All they worry about is clothes and um, different hats and different chains and diamonds. And your heavenly father knows that the same thing you also like. Your heavenly father knows that you have need of these things. Do you understand? So the things that the unbelievers are looking for, your heavenly father knows that. You also want a nice car. You also want a car that is it's nice. That goes and comes, doesn't leave you on a highway. <laughs> Your heavenly father knows that. He says, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek. 
For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. All these things. Not some of them. All these things. So you can't be complaining about some people. Oh, these are worldly things. We, you know, they are not necessary. They are, not, they are useless. Do you understand? They are useless. You have need of them also. But you, he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. All these things. All these things. They will be what? They will be what? They will be what? So add that to what? Add that to what you have sought. Add that to what you have sought. So if you don't seek the kingdom, there is nothing to add to. He says, you seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, they shall be added unto you. If you have the kingdom, these things will be added unto you. Amen. Receive riches. Receive riches. Your heavenly father knoweth that you need riches. But he says, seek my kingdom first. Seek my kingdom. You see, seek ye first my kingdom. Seek ye first. That means that your priority must be the kingdom of God. First proton must be the kingdom of God. Must be your heart after the kingdom of God. And if that is the case, your heavenly father has no problem adding to you wealth. He has no problem adding to you if your priority is that you have sought his kingdom first. Amen. But oftentimes, that is not the case. Oftentimes, that is not the case. Oftentimes, we come to our Heavenly Father after we have sought after all these things. Do you understand? And then we become more committed when we have sought more for them and we can find them. You see, but if we can only reverse it, if we can only reverse it and seek his kingdom first, he says, then all these things shall be added as well. Amen. Are you with me? Yeah. All these things shall be added. He says, for you, seek my kingdom. Seek my kingdom. Amen. Therefore, he says, number 34, he says, therefore, take no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Then he says, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. You need to just worry about now. It's enough evil for the day for you to now begin to worry about the evils of tomorrow, the evils of hunger of tomorrow and no clothes and all. Leave them to your Father that is in the heavens. Amen. Are you with me? Yes. So if you are working with God, you have to have a deeper understanding of wealth and your perspective about wealth the, how you approach wealth must not be the same way as the Gentiles approach it. Hallelujah. As the Gentiles approach it. You can approach wealth the same way. Amen. But God wants you to be rich. God wants you to be rich. So you need to see riches from how he sees it. Amen. Luke chapter 12 and verse 15. Luke chapter 12 verse 15. It says, and he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, 
For a man's life, say a man's life. life. Say your life. Point to your neighbor and say your life. life. And you to point to and say your life. life. Say we are talking about your life. life. Amen. Amen. He says, for a man's life consisted not in the abundance of things which he possesses. A man's life does not consist of the abundance of things that he has or that he possesses. Amen. Amen. So if your understanding of wealth is that you will have a lot of money, such as in all of abundance, and you think that having all of that will make you happy, then God is showing us that this mindset is wrong. This mindset that when you have a lot of money, when you have the abundance of all things, you are going to be fulfilled, you are going to be happy. It is a wrong mindset. Amen. God is saying your life, your life does not consist or is not composed of the abundance of things that you can have. The God who created man, are you with me? The God who knows the composition of man, what man is made of, what man is composed of, that God is saying that your life is not composed of or does not consist of the abundance of things. And this you have to accept and fully embrace it because this is the God who made you. Amen. It is like you come to me and I have made some nice dough and you like it. And then you want to make it also. You need to know, if you taste my dough and you like it, you need to know what is the content. If you want to have the same thing. Isn't that so? You cannot just look at it and then assume that, oh, dough is dough. Every dough is dough. And then you just go and make it anyhow as others make it. You are not going to taste it or you are not going to have the same taste like mine. You are not going to have the satisfaction that you wanted, the taste of it, as you tasted mine. So I, the maker of that dough, I'm the only one that can tell you that my dough does not consist only of the abundance of flour. Isn't that so? Or sugar. But there are other things in it. Which is my, my secret recipe. Which has made me the name. And I have to tell you before you can make the same thing. Isn't that so? And it's your duty to find out what is it that is in it. That I, it makes mine so differently. Amen. Are you with me? So the God who made man, the God who created man, is saying a man's life does not consist of the abundance of things that he possesses. It means there is more to your life than the abundance of things you possess. There is more to your life than the things that you have or the things that you want to have. There is more to your life than that. Amen. 
It also means that you will never have a fulfilled, say fulfilled. Fulfilled means a life that is filled, that is fully filled. Isn't that so? So it means also that you will never have a fulfilled life if all that makes your life is the abundance of the things that you have. You will never have a fulfilled life. Never, your, your life will never be fulfilled or fully filled. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Because the one who made you is saying for your life to be fully filled, it goes beyond the abundance of things that a man has. Because it's not complete when it is just the abundance of things that you have. Amen. So if fulfilled life is what you want, then God is saying, look beyond the abundance of things that you can possess. Hallelujah. Have you not realized, have you not realized that the people who seem to have so-called abundance of riches are not the happiest people or they are not the most fulfilled people on earth? Have you not realized that? That the people who have so much, the abundance of things, are also not living fulfilled lives. Or you, you know they, uh, there are some rich people who are living fulfilled lives. Yes. That is why you find people like that take their lives. They commit suicide. Amen. And you realize also that no matter how much they have, no matter how much they have, they never stop seeking for more. No matter how much you have. I have not yet found any one person who says, I have found so much, I don't need any more. That one person was in the Bible, and that night, the Lord said, thou fool, you are a fool. One person. He says, I'm done. My bands are filled. I'm going to sit and relax and enjoy. The Lord called him fool. The rich fool. Amen. So you realize that no matter how much they have, they don't seem to have that fulfillment in life. Because a man's life does not consist of the abundance of things that he possesses. Fulfilled life does not come from the abundance of things that you can possess. So no matter how much you have, you, 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 you feel something is still missing in you. You still seem not to be fulfilled. And so they attempt to have more. And then they have more. And they still feel something is still missing. And then they want to have more. They want to have more. But still, yet something is still missing. Because a man's life does not consist of the abundance of the things that he possesses. So you can have abundance and abundance and abundance. There is still no fulfillment. Hallelujah. So whatever stage they are, or whatever stage you are, you still don't seem to have that fulfillment because your life does not consist of only that. Whatever stage you are. Amen. So they are always deceived in believing that 
having a little bit more can give you a fulfillment. Open up one more company, perhaps, will give you the fulfillment. Setting up one more this, getting one more degree, getting one more increase in your salary may seem to give you that fulfillment. But you realize that as much as you get, that fulfillment is missing. And so you still have a yen to get more. A yen to get more. Amen. This is a reason. This is a reason why you will find people buy big things. This is the reason. The reason why people buy big things. Somebody will buy, for instance, a 20 bedroom house. A house that has 15 bedrooms. 20 bedrooms. Do you understand? Because you see, they they have they want they feel that when I have abundance. When I have more, perhaps I will be happy. Do you understand? So you find people that have, they say that I have a 20-bedroom house with a 15 bathrooms in the house. And then you realize that you can only sleep in one room. And in that one big room, you can only sleep in one corner. Where your bed can be. And on that bed, you can only sleep on one section. But you see, that is a deception. And you will chase after that and chase after that. Do you understand? And you see, I mean, if you have 20 rooms in your, be- your house, how many rooms can you even, how many rooms can you sleep in one night? Are you with me? You have 20 rooms, 20 rooms in your house. It only helps with, that is why all those rooms are empty. Houses like that. It only helps with divorce and separation. Oh, yes. Because you have several rooms, so small fight, you go and sleep in the other room. Do you understand? You have small fight, you go downstairs. And you are not seeing each other for a month because abundance of rooms. You can't find me. Do you understand? So it, it, it enhances divorce, separation, all kinds of things. Do you understand? Several bedrooms. Small, we are arguing small. I, you get up and then you go downstairs. Two flies down. You need some space. Do you understand? By the way your bedroom is now. <laughs> when you fight, where are you going? <laughs> you see, when you fight, where are you going? <laughs> you have one bed, one bathroom. So you say you are going there when we meet. You see, and then you just, but you meet again. So you do this. Two, three times you see that now I'm tired. <laughs> and the marriage is working. Do you understand? Where are you going? <laughs> you, the, the best you can have is the living room. You sleep in the living room. And the living room, when they come to the kitchen, they turn the light on, you are there. You see, you have to wake up. <laughs> so you don't want to see me, you have to see me. You have because we are awake. 
<laughs> we are, the house is awake. Huh? The house is awake. So you see that it helps. So a man's life does not consist of the abundance of the things that he possesses. Amen. You, you hear that you have 10 cars or 15 cars packed, fleet of cars. You have this, you have that, you have that. How many can you drive at a time? You see? So you think, so you, you will feel that having more will make you happy. But you realize having more is still not making you happy. You have more, but you are not happy. Amen. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? Yes. You say we are having dinner and you set food from here to there. People are there, just cook and just set them up. How much can you eat? How much can you eat? You see, but when you don't have this, you think that when you have it, you are going to be very happy. If only we have two bedrooms and the children have their own bedroom and we also have this, then all our fights will be done. You see, and then you have two bedrooms. If only we have three bedrooms, things will be okay. And then you have three bedrooms. I am sharing with you a real message. You see? So we, we think that having more, having more will make you happy. And God is saying that your life does not consist of the abundance of the things that you can possess. Your life. It does not consist of it. Amen. That is why they make it like that for you. When you have more, you have more money, then they make things that are more for you. Do you understand? If you, you, you have more money, then they make a house that is huge, big, like a whole city for you alone. Do you understand? A whole neighborhood, you alone. You see, so if you think about it, you are a husband and a wife and four or three or two children, and you have that kind of place, what are you doing with it? So you see, you hire people, they, they, because you see, it is something that the enemy has to present to you like that. This is going to make you happy. This is going to make you happy. And so they make, now you say, okay, Everybody has to wear some form of shirt or pants or skirt. Isn't a skirt a skirt? Skirt is a skirt. But when you have abundance, now you have to have a skirt that is super abundant. So even if you make the skirt out of leopard skin, is it not a skirt? It's a skirt. Would it not cover you? It will cover you. Would a crimping skirt not also cover you? <laughs> Or you don't know what is crimpling. You don't know what crimpling. Mercy. <laughs> Amen. These people, they don't know anything. Amen. So you see, they make 
they have to. That is a deception of the world. I say, unless you begin to look at wealth from God's perspective, he is not comfortable giving you wealth. Amen. Because the world's perspective is that, that the abundance will make you happy, that your life consists of the abundance. Amen. And so they have to make something very expensive so that you will spend the money on it. So that is why they have to build a 20-bedroom house. You don't need a 20-bedroom house. You don't need a 15-bedroom house. You don't need 20 cars in your house. But they have to make you have that so that you feel that you have abundance. And then you realize 20 cars, not enough. Then you need a 21st car to buy number 21 and then 22 and 23 and you realize you are not happy. Do you see? So they have to make a pair of shoes for you that is certain amount of money. Do you see? To make you feel that you have abundance. You have more. And are shoes not shoes? Are socks not socks? Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? I am sharing a very important message with you. Amen. That is why you should not pursue after that. That is why you should, not, you should not admire that your dream is to have this. Beware of covetousness. Amen. You cannot sleep in, you can't sleep even if you decide to sleep in one room each night. We move from room to room to room. What joy does it bring you? You're better off in your one-bedroom apartment where you are meeting all the time, crossing each other. Amen. So God wants you to have a real balanced perspective about wealth and about money. Hallelujah. First Timothy chapter 6. First Timothy chapter 6. And verse 6. He says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world. And it is certain we can carry nothing out. He said, godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world. And it is certain we can carry nothing out. We can carry nothing out. Even though some people try to carry certain things out. But the scripture is saying you can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. Having food and clothes, having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hateful lusts, such as having 20 bedroom house, such as having 15 cars parked in your garage. Amen. He says they fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hateful lusts, which 
drown man in destruction and perdition. For the love of money, say the love of money. For the love of money is the root of all evil. Which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith. They have diverted from the faith. The love of money. And pierce themselves through with many sorrows. Amen. So God does not have problem with wealth. God does not have problem prospering you and blessing you. God's problem is the love of money. When you have love for money, then evil comes into you. When your heart is after money, when all you are seeking for is money, then evil comes into you. He said, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Is the root of all evil. There are people who love money. They want to have money with passion. You see, and he says, anyone who loves money cannot love God. You cannot serve two masters. It is either you hate one and love the other, or else you will despise one. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So if you have love for money, you realize that you will always err from the faith. You will err from the faith. If it is love for money. Amen. Amen. If it is love for money, you will always err from the faith. And when you do that, you pierce yourself with many sorrows. That is why many people who leave God and pursue wealth, they are never happy. They are sorrowful. The scripture is true. They are sorrowful. No matter the glamour that you see, they are sorrowful. They are committing suicide. They are hurting inside. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 10. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 10. It says, He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver. If you love silver, you will not be satisfied with silver. It doesn't say silver is bad. But the love of silver will never give you, silver will never give you satisfaction. He said, he that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver. Nor he that loveth abundance with increase. The one who loves abundance will not be satisfied with increase. This is also vanity. The one who loves abundance, that you love to have more and love to have more and love to have more, you will never be satisfied with the increase. The abundance will never fulfill you. It will never bring you peace. It will never bring you joy. It will never bring you fulfillment. Then verse 11 says, here is the reason. That when goods increase, they are increase that eat them. It's amazing, no? The scripture is so true. When goods increase, they are increase that eat them. Patrick, do you understand? The eaters increase also. When your goods increase, the eaters increase. 
When your money increases, the eaters increase. So you realize that when you didn't have much, you lived a certain lifestyle. Amen. When you didn't have much, you lived a certain lifestyle. And when you have more, your lifestyle changes. Isn't that so? That is exactly what it means. When you didn't have much, there are certain things that made you happy. Now that you have more, what makes you happy also has changed. So it says, when goods increase, the eaters also increase. When your goods increase, there are more eaters. When your salary increases, there are more eaters. When you make more, your bill also increases. Or you have not realized that. You have not realized that. When you make more, you see, that is a deception. When you make more, you think of how else you can spend it. Then your bills increase. When your goods increase, the eaters increase. When your goods increase, your eaters increase. Are you with me? When your goods increase, your eaters increase. So he says, when goods increase, they are increased that eat them. And what good is that? What good is it then? So what good is it that you are pursuing to have more? All you are doing is to have more and let your eaters increase. He says, then what good is there to the owners thereof? What good is there? What is the good in having more? Saving the beholding of them with their eyes. That is all. That is all. That you see more. Bashila, the eaters have increased. Amen. So that is the deception of the world. This is, this is worldly attitude towards wealth. And so you were driving your Nissan, Nissan Sentra. <laughs> your Nissan Sentra. And then the goose increase. Do you understand? The goose increase. So you now you want a Lexus. You say, a man of my caliber a man of my caliber should not be driving Lexus. A man that earns six figures should not be driving Lexus. I have to increase the eaters. My goods have increased, so why not increase the eaters? Let the eaters come. And that is a worldly perspective of wealth. Worldly perspective of wealth. Whereas in the past, you make your hair and you keep it for one month. Now, you say, a woman of my caliber, how can I be keeping a hairstyle for one month? I'll be doing it every week or every so often. So, because your goose have increased, so the eaters must increase. They must increase. Do you understand? Whereas, you were, you were very happy with your pillar shoes... Do you remember? Or you don't remember? You were very happy with your pay less shoes. Very nice, but you pay less. Do you understand? Now that the goods have increased, 
You have not been to Payless in the last six years. Because you must increase the eaters. It is not right that my goods have increased and the eaters are still in Payless. You have to increase the eaters. You don't want someone see you coming from Payless. It is not nice. And holding the Payless bag is not proper. A man, a woman of your caliber, holding the Payless bag is not proper. It is not right. The goods have increased. I must be holding some Jimmy Choo bags. <laughs> I know things. Or what are the others? Which one? Louis Vuitton. I cannot be carrying a bag that is made by um, what does Payless bag? Payless they make bags too. I cannot be holding Payless bag. I have to hold Louis Vuitton. And when you are holding it, you want the people to see that this is Louis Vuitton. Chanel. Whereas you used to, every evening you are going to Conway and you have shopped and you are coming. A woman of your caliber cannot be carrying Conway bags. When the goose increase, I must increase the eaters. Amen. Are you with me? We are reading the scriptures. So, he's saying that when you make this much and this one makes that much, it's no difference. It's no different. He says, when goods increase, they are increased that eat them. And what good is there to the owners thereof? What good is there to the one who has much and the one who doesn't have? What good is there to the owners of the one who has abundance? What good is there? Because the eaters have increased. The eaters have increased. Irene, do you understand the word of God? Yes. A woman of your caliber cannot be seen coming from Popeyes. <laughs> or Kennedy fried chicken. Is it Kennedy? Yes. <laughs> a, man, a man of your caliber cannot be seen in the line at Kennedy Fried Chicken making an order. You should be. A man of your caliber cannot be seen sitting on the fourth train. At this age. At this stage. Are you with me? The eaters must increase. Do you see? The eaters must increase. Whereas, my sister, I don't want to mention your name in the preaching. Whereas you didn't have a car before, the eaters were small. But when the, the, when the goose increase, you must increase the eaters. Now you have insurance to pay. You have gas. You have tolls to pay. Isn't that so? That's it. That's it. Amen. You see, some time ago, Some time ago, I used to take my wife out. I said, I'll take you to see movies. You know? And then we go to see the movies. And then we go to the bus stop. 
<laughs> you are laughing. And then we had a bus stop. And then we will, we, that, we, ha, we used to have tokens. That's all I needed. So I give you one, I have one. <laughs> you enter, and I enter. And then we go all the way to, what was the place again? They destroyed the movie place now. White Stone. White Stone Cinemas. White Stone Cinemas. You know things, you know things. And then we will go and see the movie. And then we will come home. And then, ah, so, ah, but when are you going to buy a car? Ah, now that you have a job, that you have a job and you are paying, you are being paid well, you have to buy a car. I'm tired of this bus and the tokens. I'm tired of this bus and the talking. You can't be taking me out to a movie, always waiting at the bus stop. And then when we are finished, the late show, sometimes the movie is very late. And then we are the last show, and then we are still standing on the bus stop. <laughs> so one day, <laughs> one day we left the movie theater. And then as we are coming, we were coming to the bus stop, it started raining. <laughs> so the woman's hair, now I don't know what to do. <laughs> so I, I said, it is true. Now that the goose have increased, I must increase the test. <laughs> so I also increase the test. <laughs> but it says saving the beholding of them with their eyes amen so what the scripture is really saying is that 2 minus 2 is the same as 10 minus 10 you don't understand it 2 minus 2 is the same as 10 minus 10 you all end up at 0 when you have two and your eaters are two, your equation is. And when you have ten and your eaters are ten, the equation is also zero. The only difference is says saving the beholding of them with their eyes. That you see a large paycheck, but the eaters are the same as you have received. The equation is zero. You see a large paycheck now, the eaters have increased, so the equation is zero. Saving the beholding of them with their eyes. That is the only difference between the one who has two and the one who has ten. Because when you have hundred, the eaters become hundred. And the equation again is hundred minus hundred equals zero. Amen. Yes. So God has no problem with you letting you have wealth. His problem is the love of money, when you have love for money. So as long as God sees that you are satisfied with food and raiment, as long as he sees satisfaction in you with food and raiment, he has no problem letting you have prosperity. He has no problem letting you have wealth. As long as food and raiment satisfies you and that you are not, your heart is not all after money. Amen. So, two things that I want to show you that 
shows that you have love for money. Two things. Number one, when you put money before God. When you put money before God. Amen. When money becomes a proton in your life. He says, thou shalt have no other God before me. When money comes before God, God, money becomes your God. Amen. And there are so many people, I have realized, you know, they leave the faith pursuing after wealth. Pursuing after wealth. But you realize that ultimately you will come back to God. And you see that when they lose the job, then they come back to God. They pursue the wealth. But ultimately you will come back to God. And the second one is when it is difficult for you to let go of money when it comes into your hands. When it's difficult for you to let go of money. These two things, when you have these two things, it shows that you have love for money. You have love for money. Amen. Now, I just want to give you five things quickly before we close. Five things you must not sacrifice for money. Five things a Christian must not sacrifice or no one must sacrifice for money. Five things. Are you ready? Number one, your good name. Your good name. Your good name. Proverbs 22, verse 1. Proverbs 22, verse 1. It says, A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. And loving favor rather than silver and gold. So a good name is important to God. God wants your good name to mean much more to you than having riches. He says a good name is rather to be chosen than riches, than great riches. You rather choose a good name than to choose great riches. Don't sacrifice your reputation because of money. Hallelujah. Don't sacrifice your reputation because of money. Don't borrow money and not pay. Do you understand? When you borrow, you must pay. Amen. When you borrow money, you must pay. It is better to save your money, save your name, than to save money. Amen. So when you borrow, pay. Tell your neighbor, when you borrow, pay. Amen. God is saying it is, it is better to preserve your reputation than to keep a few hundred dollars and destroy your name. Amen. There are some people, they have no problem destroying their reputation just for a few hundred dollars. Amen. The second one, a good relationship. Do not sacrifice a good relationship for money. Don't sacrifice a good relationship because of money. You see, money is the number one destroyer of relationships. It's the number one destroyer of relationships. If you are friends, don't let money come in between you. So as friends, don't ever let money be an issue between you. Don't lend money to your friends. 
Do you understand? Don't borrow from your friends. Are you with me? What did I say? Do not borrow from your friends. It will destroy the relationship. Amen. Rather, if you have money, give to your friend. Dash to your friend. Give to your friend whatever you can afford. Just say, I dash you this. I give this to you. Do not borrow. Do not lend to your friends. It will destroy the relationship. That is why, as pastors, we are not supposed to lend to our congregation. It destroys relationships. Do you understand? If I have, then I'll dash you instead. Amen. So don't come to me to borrow money. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you with me? So money destroys relationships, good relationships. And you must cherish good relationships. You must cherish good relationships. Don't spoil your relationship because of money. Amen. There are some people, they don't mind at all destroying the good relationship they have because of a few dollars. A few hundred dollars, they don't mind. They create a fight so they don't talk to you anymore because they are borrowed from you. You see, many people do borrow from people and they don't pay and it destroys the relationship. The moment someone learns to, you see, I can never understand that thing. I never understand it. Which happens all the time. And quite frankly, I don't understand it. When I look at someone who has borrowed from somebody and they say you are not paying, I don't understand. <laughs> quite frankly, I don't understand. You were in need. And someone lent money to you out of good heart. And the person says, I want my money back. You say, huh? I won't pay. I will not pay. You see, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. And that can be your very good friend, someone who is very dear to you. And you say, I, I won't pay. And at the time that you needed it, you were very nice. You know, you said so many nice things. Preserve your relationship and don't let money destroy your relationship. When you borrow, pay. Amen. The next thing, a good marriage. A good marriage. Don't let, don't sacrifice your marriage because of money. You must not sacrifice your marriage because of money. That means don't let money destroy your marriage. Don't let money destroy your marriage. Amen. You are working and working and working and there's no marriage. Do you understand? There's no marriage. Amen. Money has been the reason for many breakdowns and destruction of many marriages. Do you understand? Money is whenever there is misunderstanding and marriage breakdown, when you dig into it, the fundamental problem is, is money. Money is almost always the fundamental problem. Do you understand? And so don't let money, you see, that is why we teach about financial nakedness. Do you understand? Don't let money be a thing that is a big thing in your marriage. Amen. Don't, that is a love for money. Don't let money be an issue in the house. 
Don't let money always be the top of the discussions in the house. Hmm? You have two people and you are all secret about your money. You have secrecy about your money. You see, that is a marriage that is about to break down. Do you understand? It's a marriage that is about to break. Money is the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. Amen. Amen. You are a husband. They give you a bonus at the end of the year, and then you come home and say, they didn't give me a bonus. Why? You say, no bonus this year. <laughs> the boss has changed his mind. No bonus this year. Amen. Don't let money, don't let money always be a thing that you are discussing. You are always discussing money. Why did you buy this? Why did you do your hair? Why did you take a bath? Why did you use soap? Why did you use... You can bath once a day. Don't let money be an issue. Amen. Do you understand? You see, let money, let money be, let money be in your house as any of the objects in your house that you use. Are you with me? Don't let, let, just let money be in your house as any of the objects that are in your house. Do you understand? Now you, you both, you see, it requires, you see, that is why you need financial nakedness. And that is why you also pray that you marry spouses who are also wise, who are taught in a good church. Do you understand? That you don't also overspend you overspend such that we have to control money in the place. Do you understand? You have to have wisdom. Money is, money is a medium by which we will exist here now. Do you understand? We will not take it anywhere else. We will not take it anywhere. In fact, you see the, the money that you are so much into, you will take it to a place and they say, we don't take it. We don't take this money. You are going to buy something. They say, we don't take this. The money that you are fighting for. Do you understand that you are piling so much? You take it and then you say, oh, you have taken this, this, this. And then you say, oh, we don't take this. You have my money. They don't take it. It's just a medium. Do you understand? So let there be financial nakedness. Don't hide. The, you see, when there's financial nakedness, you know what we have. You know what is on the table. And so you know how much we have. And then you don't also ask unreasonably. Do you understand? You don't ask unreasonably. But when you are hiding, when there's secrecy, then we think that you have it. But you don't want to also spend it. And don't also be too stingy. Hmm? Don't be stingy. Let money, let, don't, don't let money be too much of a discussion. Hmm? Don't let money be a big issue. Some of you, money is too precious to you. You know, it's too precious. Everything, we have to sit down and have accounts and calculations and long discussions. Before, you know, receipts. And every time you have to bring receipts. Where is the receipt? Let there be trust amongst us. Amen. Amen. The next thing, 
your relationship with God. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 26. It says, For what is it, what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in an exchange for his soul? Don't lose your relationship with God because of money. Don't go to hell because of money. In other words, amen. amen. Don't lose the faith because of money. Don't run away from God because of money. You must not sacrifice your relationship with God for money. Amen. amen. You see, there are certain jobs that you must not take. There are certain jobs, they are taking you away from God. And you must not sacrifice, no matter how much they pay you, no matter how, how much money they give you, it is not worth your soul. It's, 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 it's not even the whole well. Do you understand? It's not even the whole of the, the Bronx, how much they're paying you. And the Bible says, even if it is the whole well, it's not worth taking that over God. Amen. Amen. And the last one, your health. Don't sacrifice your health for the sake of money. Don't sacrifice your health for the sake of money. Hmm? Don't sacrifice your health and save money and live poorly. Do you understand? Don't keep the money. Some of you, because of money, you don't even take care of your health. You don't even want to see a doctor. They give you a prescription. You don't want to buy it. Huh? You don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to pay copay, so you don't have physicals. You say, "I'm well. I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with me." Hmm? Don't sacrifice your health. You should have. One day we're going to talk about your health. You should have annual physicals. You should. See your dentist at least two times in a year. At least. Hmm? Don't say my teeth are okay. They are not okay. I'm telling you. They are not okay. Do you know that each tooth you lose, you decrease your lifespan? Hmm? They keep taking it out. You let them keep taking it out. <laughs> decrease your lifespan. You die young. Hmm? Amen. So be, don't sacrifice your health over money. Amen. Certain jobs are killing you and you should not be taking certain jobs. They are killing you and you are still in it. Certain jobs, you are doing certain jobs, they are breaking your back. They are breaking your back. Your back is broken. <laughs> and every day you come home, your children are suffering. Step on my back. <laughs> you call your Instead of paying for a massage therapist, you don't want to pay for massage therapist. You don't want to go for physical therapy. Your children are stepping on your back every evening. They are tired. They are tired. That's why as soon as you come home, they go to sleep. As soon as you come home, they go to sleep. They are tired. Then you are angry at them. Hey, come. 
They say, oh, 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 daddy, not again, not again. Oh, mommy, come on, not again. One day they will step on one bone. That's it. You will see. You are angry that they are not eating to be heavy. So they can step on your back. Leave their job. And rest. You need to rest. You need to rest. Take vacations. Amen. Take vacations. You work, 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 work. No vacation. No rest. You look at the air ticket, you look at your money, and then you cancel your vacation plans. Hmm? You look at the hotel reservation, you look at this, you cancel your plans. Take vacation. Eh? Go on vacation. Go and relax. Go and rest. You know, even God, when he worked, he took, he took a rest. Are you, are, are, you, are, you, are you... Do you have more strength than God? Huh? You have more strength than God. The company, there's a reason why they have given you vacation days. And then you say, I'll sell it to you. You sell your vacation to the company. Hmm? You say, take my vacation. I'll work and pay me. Give me my, Don't sacrifice money for your health. Our time is up. Let us pause here. And I will continue next time we meet. But pay for massage therapists. Amen. Stand to your feet, please. Oh, Father, we are grateful and we are thankful in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you. We give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you for your word tonight. We thank you, Lord, for teaching us wisdom. We thank you. In the name of Jesus. It is not your wish, Lord, that any one of us will be poor. You say you wish above all else. You wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. That thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Amen. Now with all eyes closed and every head bow, you are here tonight. You are not born again. You are saying, Pastor, Pray with me. You want to give your life to Jesus. If that is your prayer, wherever you are, just lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here you want to give your life to Jesus? Anyone here like that? You want to receive Jesus as your Savior? Anyone here? Father, we are thankful. We are grateful for the gift of salvation. We are thankful for giving us your only begotten Son to die for us. To redeem us in the name of Jesus. We give you honor. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh. Why don't you clap properly for the Lord? And you We believe you've been blessed by this timely and powerful message. We invite you to join us on Sunday afternoons for our Duel of Heaven service and Tuesday evenings for our Word Power service. For more messages by Reverend Bright and Kuma please subscribe to the QFC Bronx North Podcast or contact us at 929-247-0738. Stay blessed.